Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Could you help me welcome everybody who is joining us online right now? Thank you so much for taking this opportunity. And do me a favor, leave us a comment, click the thumbs up, subscribe to our channel, click the notification bell, share this with your friends, share this with their fa- your family members, because I believe that people need to hear what God is saying through this church. We've been in a series this month called First Things First, and really the big idea is that we should honor God with every portion of our life. It's not just here a little, there a little. It's everything that I am I want to use to honor God. I, I want to honor. I was thinking about this when, when I was going through this message. I personalized it. You know, me as an individual, I want to honor God with the way I spend my time. I want to honor God with the way I do relationships. I I, want to be a friend that honors God. I want to be a dad that honors God. I want to be a husband that honors God. I want to be a pastor that honors God. I want to be a business leader that leads with integrity and honors God. I want to honor God with my talents. The gifts that he's given me, he didn't give it to me by accident. He gave it to me so that I could honor him, glorify him, and draw others to him. Are you following what I'm saying? And I also want to be a man who honors God with my finances. And here's what you need to know. This is important. What you need to know is anything you honor God with, he will bless. I want to say it again. God blesses anything you honor him with. As a matter of fact, can you put that in the chat right now if you're watching online and if you're here, turn to the person next to you and say, God blesses anything you honor him with. And so my desire is to close out this series today with the question, does God change? Does God change? Is Is the God we read about in Genesis the same God we find in Revelation? Does God change or did he somewhere along the way decide he was going to change? Did did a switch flip in between the New Testament and the Old Testament? Did God hit a midlife crisis and say, you know what, it's time for me to get a convertible. I'm going to start mixing things up and changing up you know, some things a little bit. The way I used to do things, you know, it's okay, but it wasn't really working. And so now as we move into this new covenant, I just want to change who I am. I want to get a new hairstyle. You know, I just want to do things differently. Did God change or has he remained the same? This is a very important question for us to ask. It's an important question for you to consider because if God has not changed, then it's possible there are things in your life you're missing out on. Are you following that? If God is the same today as he was yesterday or as he was when he created 
the heavens and the earth, then it is possible that you are missing out on some things that he has prepared for you. If he has changed, then it's possible for you to waste your entire life pursuing things that are not available to you. So I want to know, has God changed? And the best place to go for this information is the scripture. Not to Google, not to YouTube. Some of y'all got that YouTube faith. And you just believe whatever you heard on the latest video. And you follow that, you know. Stop YouTubing your faith. Stop Googling your faith and go to the scripture. If I tell you something that is unscriptural, don't listen to it. Because it doesn't matter what I think or feel. God's word is what is true. If you've been wondering, like, what do we believe here at Activation Church? We believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God from front to back. He, he didn't, like, place things in there accidentally. He didn't go through the editing process and allow something to slip by. It is his word. And so what does his word say? Malachi 3.6. Let's start there. And we're going to go through a lot of scripture today. They'll be on the screen, so don't feel like you have to flip to it. If you want to take notes and write it down for reference, do that. Go back and watch the YouTube. Go back and listen to the podcast. But Malachi 3.6 says this, and it's actually God speaking directly to his people. He says, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, now watch this. Therefore, or you could say it like this, because of the fact that I do not change, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. What is God saying? He's saying, my love for you has not changed. My plan for you has not changed. My desire to give you a hope and a future has not changed changed. He's telling Israel right now, you have walked away from me. You have not honored me. You have not loved me the way you should love me, but that has not changed how I feel about you. And the reason you haven't been destroyed is because I still have a purpose for you. How many of you are thankful that God has not changed his mind about you? He is a faithful God. He is a good God. From front to back, God is good. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is what? No variation or shadow due to change. What's he saying? Hey, I, I'm the same. I don't waver. You know, people waver. People change. God's saying, I want you to know that I remain the same. Good days, I'm good. Bad days, I'm good. Difficult seasons, I'm good, and I am still God. And I am still able to meet you according to your needs. I am still able to help you. I don't change. There's no variation in him. Hebrews 13, verse 8. The Bible says, Jesus Christ is, somebody say is. Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday. You like that? Today and forever. What does that mean? He's always been the same. From beginning to end, he is the same. And even into eternity, he will remain the same because God does 
not change. Turn to the person next to you and say, God does not change. Now, some of you who have been on YouTube and Google are sitting there going, okay, pastor, here's the thing. We know that God has not changed, but what has happened is over time, our view of God has evolved. I've actually heard people say this before. They'll say, see, what happened was, what had happened (laughs) was in the Old Testament, people were just trying to figure out who this God character was, and they saw him as a God of judgment and wrath. But as time went on, they, they started to understand that God wasn't about judgment and wrath at all. He was actually about love and mercy. And so by the time we get to the New Testament, we're really seeing a clearer picture of who God is, but that's incorrect. If you understand the storyline that's going through the Bible, you you understand that it is one theme that starts at Genesis 1-1 and continues into Revelation, and that is actually continuing on into today. God has not changed his plan. It's all working out. And so, yes, there are moments where we see the wrath of God, but we also see in the Old Testament the mercy of God. That's what he's telling the children of Israel. He's saying the reason you're not consumed is because I have not changed. I was merciful then, and I am merciful now. I was loving then, and I am still loving now. I healed people then, And I will still heal people now. That's important for you to get this. Are you you following? Because because many of us miss out on what God can do because of what we think about him. We think that at some point in time, he just changed. Like, okay, you know, there were gifts of the Spirit, but now there aren't. Because, you know, that wasn't really working. I want to do something else. You know, there was a time that I wanted to heal people, but now I just really want them to be sick and to suffer. No, 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 God has not changed. He healed people then, and he will heal people now. Here's really good news. He prospered people then, and he prospers them now. He dealt with their disobedience then, and guess what? He will deal with disobedience now. He judged sin then, And there will come a time, hear what I'm saying, there will come a time where he will pour his wrath out on sin again. The reason I'm not worried about the wrath part and I can focus on the grace part is not because God has changed, but it is because of what Jesus did that I am no longer on the receiving end of the wrath cup. Jesus took the wrath. He said, hey, hey, that cup was meant for harm, but just hand it over here. I'll take his cup. I'll take the wrath. I'll take the suffering. I'll take the pain. I'll take the death so that he can have the life. He's a good God. He has not changed. Turn to the person next to you and say, he hasn't changed. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm thankful that his plan has not changed. And really to say or to think the idea that God can change is to say, well, he can get better. And with God, there's no need for improvement because he's already best. Are you following that? He doesn't have to change because to change would say, I, I could do it better. 
My next go around, my next try, I can do it better, but God does not have to do anything better because he's already done it the best. Somebody say, the best. Well, didn't the cross change God? Have you ever thought about that? Didn't the cross change God? The answer is no, the cross did not change God. The cross changed how, who, and when we can approach God. It changed how we approach God. It it, it changed who can approach God, and it changed when we can approach God. See, there was a time that only certain people could come into the presence of God. But now, because of Jesus, he becomes an open door. Somebody say open door. He becomes an open door for whoever will come. Come as you are. You have entrance through Jesus Christ into the family of God. So now anyone can come that puts their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, what else did we see shift and change because of the cross? Well, we no longer need animal sacrifices. We no longer need the blood of animals because Jesus became the sacrifice. It's not that God changed, it was always his plan. He was giving us a type and shadow of a better thing to come. And so there were animals, but now he says you don't need the animals because now you've got my son and Jesus is the sacrifice. We no longer have to approach God through a priest. And this may offend some of my Catholic brothers and sisters. But you need to understand in Scripture we no longer have to approach God through a priest. You want to know why? Because Jesus is the high priest. He is the one that does all these things for us. He is the one who intercedes on our behalf. He is the one that instructs us and leads us and guides us. The ministry gifts that he's given us, like the pastors and teachers, they're there to help equip us, but Jesus is the one that we go through. Your relationship with God is not through me. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God through him. We no longer have to go through ceremonial cleansings. We no longer have to abstain from certain food groups, which I am thankful for. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I like missing bacon. My dad had a church one time in the cafe. They served sausage biscuits. And this person got so offended that the church was serving pork. And they're like, don't you know what the scripture says? And I'm like, yes, I know what the scripture says. Jesus died and now I can eat the bacon. (laughs) Well, how do you know? Because he said, he said, eat it. Read the Bible. He said, eat it. Turn to the person next to you and say, eat it. My, my, my little brother has decided that he's going to become vegetarian. And I, you know, and if you're a vegetarian, I love you. I don't understand you, but I love you. I appreciate you because you're leaving more for me. But I, but I told him, I said, I said, don't you realize that God told Peter, rise, kill, and eat? He didn't say, hey, go to the garden and pick a cucumber. <laughs> but the, 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 these things, the reason we don't need to go through ceremonial cleansings and we don't have to abstain th- from certain foods, it's not because 
we don't need cleaning. It's because Jesus' blood has cleansed us once and for all. God has not changed. His plan is the same. His values are the same. His moral code is the same. And his promises are the same. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that the promises find their yes and their amen in Jesus. And so if he says, this is what I will do, I take it to the bank and say, God is not a man that he should lie. God does not change. God does not shift. He is a good God. He said I could have it, and I'm going to believe him for it. Why? Because he does not change. This is important. Because if you think he has changed, then what's to keep him from changing again? What's to keep him from changing his values? But see, his values are exactly the same. Turn to the person next to you and say they're exactly the same. Let's look at this together. We'll use this as an example. The Ten Commandments. Are you all ready? You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make any idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say those are still valuable principles for today? Are you sure? So like when Jesus died on the cross, we didn't get a license to kill? See, we think that he did away with the law. He didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled the law. And then the Bible says, you want to know what the, 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 the thing is, what you need to focus on? First, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that, everything else will be taken care of. You don't have to worry about serving other gods because if you love God, you'll only serve him. You won't create idols because you only serve him. You won't take his name in vain because you love him and you honor him. You don't have to worry about sleeping with your neighbor's wife if you love your neighbor. You don't have to worry about stealing from your neighbor if you love your neighbor. You don't have to worry about bearing false witness or lying if you love people and respect people the way that the Bible teaches us to love and honor. And You see it? So these things did not change. God's values did not change. These are still important to him, and they should still be important to us. What about Proverbs 3, 5? The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Let me ask you this. Should we still trust God? Are you sure that, I mean, Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. Do we still have to trust God? Yeah, it hadn't changed, right? Psalm 19, 14, the Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Should we still desire for the words of our mouth 
and the meditation of our heart to please God. Are you sure? Why? Because God has not changed. What about this one? Proverbs 3 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Should we still honor God? Should we still return to Him 10% of all of our income? See, are are you sure about that? Because some people would say, well, here's the thing, Pastor. When it comes to the tithe, you have to understand that that was under the law. So first, let me say this. So were the Ten Commandments. And we all just agreed that those are still valuable today. Why? Because God does not change. And so if he desired honor then, does he desire honor now? Does he deserve honor now? Did you know that actually tithing was before the law? Later God incorporated it into the law, but the principle of honoring God with your wealth was before the law. Before God ever said, this is what you're going to do, we see it happen in Scripture. As a matter of fact, if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the fourth chapter, I want you to look at this with me. And remember this, tithe is about honor. Tithe is about honor. It is not about obligation. See, obligation is something I have to do, like I'm required to do it. But tithe is not about an obligation. It's about something I get to do. See, I'm not worried, and I will not argue with people on whether or not tithing is required anymore. I'm not going to argue that point. Because to me, tithe, and according to Scripture, tithe is all about honor. So I don't do it because God said, this is what you're going to do. I don't do it because he says, if you're, if you're not doing it, you're robbing something from me. That's, that's not my, my aim. My aim is, God, I want to honor you, and this is how I get to honor you. Lord, you've placed everything in my hands. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and those that dwell therein. Everything that I have comes from God. Everything I have is because of God, and I get to gladly return a portion to him, and we see the principle happen before the law. Let's go to Genesis 4. Verse 3, the Bible says, in the course of time. That's a very important phrase. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn, somebody say firstborn, of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And God's like, hey, bud, if you would have done what was right, I would have honored it. Why did God honor Abel's offering and reject Cain's offering. 
It's because it was the first. See, Cain, in the process of time, in other words, when he got around to it, when he felt like it, he brought an offering. So when, when, when I feel like it, I'll bring what I want, when I want. But the Bible says about Abel, he brought the first. So as soon as the first popped out, he said, this one belongs to God. And God says, I can respect that because there's honor in that. Cain, I don't respect what you're doing because you are not honoring me. And he says, if you'll do what's right. He tells Cain, if you'll do what's right, will I not honor you as well? So that's way before the law. If you go on in Genesis, Abraham, we find out 430 years before the law was given, Abraham paid a tenth of everything he owned before the law. You go down a little bit further into Genesis and his grandson Jacob, we find him in Genesis 28, 20, also way before the law. The Bible says, then Jacob made a vow saying, this is Jacob deciding this is what I'm going to do. It's not God saying you're obligated. It is Jacob saying, this is what I want to do for you. If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give to me. See, he's understanding that God's the source here. He's not saying out of everything that I go get. He's saying out of all that you give to me, I will give a full tenth to you. Now let's go to the New Testament. Now let's look at what Jesus says in Luke eleven forty two. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and every herb. They're, they've got their little herb gardens. And they're, they're tithing off their herb gardens. And Jesus says, you're doing that and neglect justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. He's saying what you did was good, but you neglected some other things that you should not have neglected. Why is Jesus commending people for tithing? Because it's all about honoring God. God hasn't changed. He still desires honor. He still deserves honor. And that's what tithe is all about. Tithe is recognizing who God is and what he has done. Tithe is all about saying, God, in light of what you have done for me, the fact that the next breath in my lungs comes from you, I gladly return the portion that belongs to you. And it belongs to him. He says, I will allow you to manage the 90. But if you look in the book of Leviticus, he says, the tithe belongs to me. It is holy to me. Has God changed his mind? Has God changed his mind on what is his and what is yours? Or does he still deserve honor? And here's the key. God blesses whatever you honor him with. He says about finances. He says, honor me with your wealth and the first fruits of your increase. He says, then guess what's going to happen? Your barns are going to be filled with plenty. 
and your vats of wine, they're going to burst wide open. He says, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you until there is no more need. Why? Because you are honoring me. You are respecting me. You are saying, I trust you. And that is for every area of our life. Whatever we honor God with is what he's going to bless. You want to see your time get blessed? Start honoring God with your time. What does that mean? Like when you go to work, work in a way that honors God. Be a person of integrity, and he will bless your time. I said earlier, I want to be a person who honors God with the way I do relationships. If I want to see my family blessed, then I've got to honor God in the way I treat my wife. I've got to honor God in the way I treat my children. I said I want to honor God in my, my, my friendships. I want to honor God with my talents and my gifts. If I want to see them blessed and increased, I've got to honor him with them. And the same is true for my finances. If I want to see my finances blessed if I want to see him rebuke the devourer for my sake which he says he will do the only way that happens is through honoring God with what he's given you I could take time right now to have people stand up and share their personal testimonies when it comes to this message and they would tell you what they have seen God do in their life and in their family because they decided, I'm going to honor God. And that's what it's all about. Please hear what I'm saying. It's not about law. It's not about regulations. It's not about obligation. As a matter of fact, God doesn't want you to give to him out of obligation. Read the book of Malachi. He tells them, you're giving me an obligatory gift, and I don't want it. Because he wants your heart. He wants your honor. The only reason it, it deals with our money is because we hold our money in such high regard. And he says, if you're willing to release what you have worked hard for and what I have blessed you with, you're showing me honor. And that does not stop just here on this earth. Not only did it not stop in the New Testament, but if you read Scripture, honoring God will go on into eternity. There will never become a, come a time where God will not receive our honor and glory when Abraham gives to Melchizedek get this he pays his tithe to Melchizedek which is the high priest at the time go into the New Testament and the New Testament tells us that Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek which means he does things the way Melchizedek does them Melchizedek received the tithe. Jesus receives the tithe. And not only do I honor God with my wealth, but it blows me away to know that people will be in heaven one day because I have supported the ministry. Did you, uh, think about that. If you have supported the ministry, then you are a part of making the ministry happen. And every person whose life is changed and touched is because you did something them and God looks at that and he says I respect that and I'll bless it if you're watching online right now I want you to know good news God has not changed he loves you before he made you and he loves you right now you may not be getting it all right we all fall short you hear what I'm saying we all fall short 
we all miss the mark. All these things that I listed out that, that I want to honor God with, I'm not 100% all the time. But it is my desire and it is something I turn to to correct myself because I want to honor God. So whatever it is right now, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and he will forgive you because he's not changed his mind about you. If you need him in your heart and your life right now, just say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life, forgive me of my sins, and he will come make his home. I pray that God will bless you. I pray that God will bless your family. I pray that God will bring healing and comfort and joy and strength to you right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.